Hello. It's good to be with you again at Church Without Walls. I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And I want to continue from my message last week, which was about the, the rapture, that the day is coming soon when Jesus will suddenly come for his church, for his bride. And it says that he will blow the trump, trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise and meet the Lord in the air. And then a second time the trumpet will be blown, which is called the last trump. And then those who are still alive, which I believe will be many of us, those who are still alive will be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We'll, we'll be caught up to be with Christ and we will all meet together in the air. And then he will take us uh, back to the Father's house in heaven. We saw that this last time. But what I want to share today is something that actually isn't preached about very much. And, and we need to, to really understand this. Um, and that is that when, after the rapture, the next major event is that we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And this is a major teaching in the New Testament. And there we will face a judgment. Now, you might think, well, surely, if we're believers... There is no judgment. The Bible does say that we have passed from death to life once we believe in Christ, that we are no longer under condemnation. In other words, this is not a judgment upon our sin because Jesus has been judged for our sin. And if we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have no more judgment. There is no condemnation. Our sin has been punished on Jesus and we have eternal life by the grace of God. Hallelujah. And so we have passed from death to life. But there will be a judgment of our works, our works in the Christian life. A judgment of not us as sons of God, we are sons of God, but a judgment of us as servants of God. How faithful we have been in doing the will of God for our life, in serving God. And again, this is not a judgment for our salvation. Our salvation is by grace through faith but that our judgment is uh, for rewards to determine our rewards now Christ does not have to give us any rewards I mean if we serve him if we love him with all our heart if we do what he asks us to do we're actually only doing what we ought to do all right so we are not it's not like we're earning these rewards uh, he is not obliged to give us any reward uh, we are just doing what we should do. But in his grace, in his generosity, he does choose to give rewards to those who served him. Jesus said, you know, even if you give uh, a cup of water to someone in, in love, um, that God will reward that. So God is very generous in his rewards, but these rewards are not what we've earned. They are gifts of grace to him. And these rewards actually will make a big difference in eternity. You see, although we will all be perfectly happy in heaven, what the Bible says is that we will have different degrees of glory. We'll have different degrees of honor. We will have different uh, opportunities to serve God and to rule and reign with God. And so the, our honor, our glory in heaven does depend on our faithfulness now. 
All right. And so some will receive great rewards, others not so much. And anything that you do for the Lord now will be greatly rewarded. The but Jesus, you know, Paul says the suffering that we have to go through in this earthly life is nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed. And so if we suffer in doing God's will, that that will cause a greater degree of glory that we will experience in eternity. And so whatever we do for the Lord now will will not be in vain. Praise God. So I want to share with you the major scriptures on the judgment seat of Christ. And uh, we'll go first to Romans chapter 14, verse 10 to 13. Um, and this is one of the major motivations for the Christian life, that we would be faithful in our Christian, in our Christian life. Because we will have to stand before the Lord and give an account. And he says, Romans 10, 14, verse 10, Why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we, that is believers, shall all, this is for all believers, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And this is the word bema. And, and this was actually used, one example is at the Olympics. Because <clears throat> the emperor would sit on the judgment seat and those who had, who, had, who had won the race, for example, and done well in the race, they would go up. And uh, now we use gold, silver, bronze medals. In those days, they received crowns, laurel crowns. That, but they were lots of perks, like free taxation and so on, no, no taxes and stuff like that. But they would go up to the emperor's judgment seat, and he would hand them their rewards for doing well. And so, in the same way, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive our rewards, whether it's gold, silver, or bronze, as it were. And um, and so he says in um, in Romans 14, verse 11, For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me, and every tongue will confess to God. We'll all stand before his judgment seat. So then, verse 12, Let each of us... Each of us shall give an account of himself to God. You, we will all have to give an account. Our life will be reviewed. And we will give an account of ourselves to God. Verse 13. Therefore, he says, do not judge one another any more. Rather resolve not to put a stumbling block in our brother's way. He says, if you are judgmental against your brother, then you will, you will actually, it's not your place to be the judge because Jesus is the judge and he's going to judge all of us one day uh, and so uh, and in fact James says if you are if you are judgmental you're going to be judged strict more strictly judge not lest you be judged um, and so let's see that in in James chapter 5 verse 8 he says the coming of the Lord is near do not complain brethren against one another so that you yourselves may not be judged behold the judge is standing right at the door in other words in the courtroom if you get on the judge's seat and start you being the judge you'll be embarrassed when Jesus returns when the true judge comes you will get the harder judgment because he says um, in chapter 2 verse 12 so speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty, for judgment will be merciless, merciless to one who has shown no mercy. But mercy triumphs over judgment. 
So that's the first major passage, and the application is that we need to be merciful to people if we want to be merciful, have mercy in that judgment. The second major passage is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 to 11. Paul says, We make it our aim to be well-pleasing to him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, all of us, there's no escaping this appointment with God, that each one may receive his reward for the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So notice, this is a judgment of reward for the things you have done, okay, or, or not done. And so it's to determine your reward. Different believers will have different rewards. And these are eternal rewards. So these are going to make a huge difference for all eternity. And then he says in verse 11, Knowing therefore the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. So Paul, this, this is something that, that, that puts fear in Paul, as it were, that he, he realizes he's going to have to stand before the Lord. This is serious business. And therefore... He is full out to persuade men. He's full out to preach the gospel. Um, so that is the second major passage. The third major passage is 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2 to 5. It says it's required in stewards. That's, uh, that a steward is a manager. And we are all stewards of God's resources. You see, God has given you time. God has given you gifts. God has given you abilities. God has given you finances. And one, we, all the things that we have do not belong to us, actually. They're on loan from God. We are managers of his re resources. And one day, that is, at the rapture, he is going to call us to account to how we have managed his resources. What have we done with the money he's given us? What have we done with the time he's given us? What, is it, what have we done with the gifts that he's given us? That's what he's saying. And God's requirement is that we be found faithful, faithful to God. But with me, that we do it for, we, we're motivated by God's glory and God's kingdom. Paul says, but with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. He says, he's had a lot of criticism, but he says, in the end, it doesn't matter what you think of me. All that matters to me, all that matters is what God thinks of me. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I know nothing against myself. He says, I've got a clear conscience, yet I'm not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. Only the Lord can judge me, rightly. Therefore, judge nothing before the time, until the Lord comes. Notice the timing of this judgment is the coming of the Lord in the rapture. Who, he will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart. Now, in other words, God will not just judge the outward work, but he will judge the motive. So some people might be doing things that look right, but they're doing it for the wrong motive. They're doing it for their own ambition. They're doing it for their own selfish reasons. And But God will reveal the motive behind all the works. He will bring it to light, it says. And then each one's praise will come from God. God will praise each person. That means he will give the reward that each person, um, as it were, deserves. So everything that you do in God, in the love of God, 
trusting in God, obeying God, will be rewarded. But if it's done from the wrong motive, then it will not be rewarded. And then the fourth and last passage on this judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, is 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10 to 15. Paul describes our life like the construction of our of a of the building of a building he says according to the grace of god which was given me as a must as a wise master builder i have laid the foundation and another builds on it but let each one take heed how he builds on it for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is already laid which is jesus christ paul is saying here i i laid the foundation of the building of your life by preaching the gospel the foundation is Christ and it's everything that Christ has done through his death and resurrection that's the foundation that's your salvation and when you accept Christ the foundation is laid right your your salvation doesn't stand on your works it stands on Jesus Christ and if you've trusted in Jesus Christ then you are standing on a firm foundation Hallelujah. And he will hold you up for all eternity. So that foundation is solid and sure. Praise God. Jesus Christ himself. All right. But now he says, we build on that foundation in our life, in our works. Praise God. Verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation and you build on the foundation, that's talking about your works. And some works we do are in obedience to God, doing what his word and that will produce good works that are valuable like gold silver uh, but if we do our own thing our own works from the flesh then that's like wood hay and stubble that has little value so that's here what he says now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold silver precious stones those are the good works and then he says or wood hay straw Okay, that is the uh, works that have no value. Each one's work will become clear. For the day, that's the day of judgment, will declare it. It will reveal it. So at the judgment seat of Christ, all our works will be paraded, as it were, before God. And they will be brought to the light, and it will be clear what sort of work they are. The day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire now here's a new new concept here remember it says that Jesus eyes are like a flame of fire Jesus will look into your heart he'll look into your life he'll look into your works and this fire will go forth and what the quality of the works will be revealed by fire and it says the fire will test each one's work of what sort what sort of material it is so notice what will happen all those works it may you may have turned out loads of works of wood hay and straw but what's going to happen when the fire comes it will just burn it all up in other words this is the fire of God's holiness and if these are man-made works as it were uh, of no of little value because their motivation is wrong they're not done in obedience to God the fire will burn them all up and that which might seem very impressive to man will often get totally burnt up by the fire of God's holiness because they were not done in God they were not done 
in in the will of God, in the love of God. And that will be a, a fierce fire. But if the works are gold, silver, precious stones, even though the fire comes through, they will survive. Be, uh, because they are of quality. And those gold, silver, and precious stones that remain will be the basis for your eternal reward. And you will receive a crown of glory, and you will receive thrones of authority, and you will receive garments of glory based on your, the works that survive this fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. So in other words, your reward is based on that which survives the fire of God's test, of God's holiness. And so these, these are strong script. Remember, we're not talking about your salvation. This becomes clearer as we read on. In fact, he concludes in verse 15 by saying, If anyone's work is burnt, he will suffer loss. In other words, if you've got a whole lot of wood, hay and stubble, and the fire destroys it all, even your whole life's work, it says he will suffer loss. Not of salvation, but he'll suffer loss of reward. He'll have very little rewards. But, it says, praise God, he himself will be saved. All right, he'll be saved because his salvation does not stand on his works. His salvation stands on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And if he has accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, he's saved by grace through faith. But sadly, because he hasn't added much works to his faith, there God has a very little to reward. Uh, and so on. And so he will be saved, yet so as through fire. And so the fact that this judgment seat is, is a fire means that this is a serious a serious thing this will be to be totally exposed before the lord our whole life everything we've done to uh, you know to have that fire come through and examine it you know and see a lot of what we've done just burnt up because it it wasn't right um that would be you know a very serious business and so god's god's fire so it's better right now knowing that open your heart right now to god's holy fire our god is a consuming fire Just come before god and say god if there's anything in my life that i'm doing that is just wood hay and stubble i invite you your fire to come through and and burn it out of me right now it's better to have that fire that consuming fire do its work in you now to purify your heart to purify your life so that you can start producing, you know, gold, silver, and precious stones. Because the reward you receive at the judgment seat of Christ is the eternal reward. It will determine your eternal state of glory and honor and authority. And, and so that is, these are major stakes. Every day of your life is important. Because if you, if you obey God, you are, as it were, building gold, silver precious stones for your future for your eternal reward well god bless you i hope that you've you're motivated more than you were before amen god bless you